Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to Chumba ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You're listening to Underground USA. Welcome back to Underground USA. Remember, you can see all of our stuff, and we've got a lot of stuff over at undergroundusa.com. Don't forget to sign up for the uh, the daily email. It goes out most days, sometimes on a Sunday, if, uh, if the good Lord puts his finger down through the heavens and says, hey, it's my day. You can't be doing that. Then we miss it. But if it isn't, uh, if it isn't an act of God, and, and I use that term like literally if it is an act of God we usually get an, an email out there uh, featured with our featured stuff uh, my name is Frank Salvato I'm here with my co-host Andy Limbaugh who is present, uh, present uh, and accounted for yeah back from a from a sabbatical um, I was calling it a super secret mission no it's it's you could call it that I'm yeah, see, that. yeah. <laughs> and uh, like and, secret right, squirrel in Morocco mall I, you know, that is just freaky because I just thought about Secret Squirrel right before you said that. <laughs> hey, Secret. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, of Secret and, and moles, you know, um, yeah, that's a horrible segue. Uh, this, the Derek Chauvin trial, I'm not going to second guess the jury because I wasn't there to hear all the evidence, although all the video evidence was all over the place. Um my beef with the whole thing is the i'm going to call it i won't say jury tampering but it was it was undue influence of what um Maxine Waters and the Black Lives Matter movement put on those jurors to come to the decision that they did what Maxine Waters did the words that she moved, that she used constitute intimidation of the jury I, am i wrong no you're you're spot on and the fact I, I would call it court uh, in, in inciting violence to the court if it didn't go the way of Maxine. I mean, we we know that the judge called her out from the bench saying, you know, that's this is bullshit that that never should have happened. And she's probably given you grounds not only for an appeal, but an acquittal. And and that's got to I'm hearing a, a deafening silence from the Black Lives Matter movement on this major screw up by Maxine Waters. And obviously she was showboating. She's from California. 
She really didn't have a reason to be up in in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, before the the Chauvin um, the verdict. The only reason that she that could possibly be is that she was showboating. Well, she's a power hungry, maniacal, narcissist, egomaniac. Okay, I want you to actually use some bigger words next time, Andy. Okay, we, let's let's do semantic parsing now of that sentence that I just said. And that'll probably take us through the rest of the evening. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's she's someone who, like Chuck Schumer, has never met a microphone or a camera she doesn't like. Oh, sickening. Only unlike Chuck Schumer, she tends to screw up a lot more in front of the camera. Well, you know, she, going yeah. back going back to the uh, uh, to the Rodney King trial. She almost made this an exact an exact repeat of what she said at the at the Chauvin trial. It was the yes. same thing. It was like, how how do you expect us to sit back and take this? We have a right. To, we have a right to do. It was almost like we have a right to go out and riot and destroy things. They were so caught up in 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 their. I I don't even know how to describe it, but they were so caught up in themselves that they just don't know when to shut up and just step away, step back and let things happen because the, and and you're right, she just she just tripped all over herself again, which they typically do. Now I I can't let this go by without addressing this the overarching false narrative that's been happening here. We've touched on it in a few in a few episodes past, but this this false narrative of systemic racism in law enforcement between white police officers and black victims, quote unquote, when you look at the statistics, the FBI statistics, it's just not there. Last year there were there were a disproportionate number of white people shot by by police than black people. Black people being a minority with the minority number. Yep. Of those who were shot that were unarmed by white police officers, black people shot by white police officers who were unarmed last year for the whole year, five. Yeah. And five. Four, Fourteen deaths. Fourteen deaths. Five that were unarmed, but of those five. In every case but one, a weapon was found either in the car or in proximity. Exactly. You know, so this idea that white police officers are strapping on their weapons and their badges every morning saying, I'm going to go out and kill some black people. That is, it's a gigantic, bald-faced, just egregious lie. And and this information comes from a not so favorable to conservatives Department of Justice. Those are their numbers. That's FBI Department of Justice. For you liberals out there, the FBI is underneath the Department of Justice. You know, and even even then, let's let's say for whatever reason it was that uh, they wanted to call out the the report because it was biased towards uh, in favor of white police officers. All of these statistics, I, I won't say it's like blockchain, but all of these reports go into Washington, go into the Department of Justice from every police department across the country. Yeah. So there's there's a paper trail to these numbers. It's not like they're made up. No, no, not not at all. And and they refute they everybody who espouses and and hops on the meme bandwagon with white cops killing blacks, they don't do their homework 
at all. They couldn't care less about the numbers because they know that, that they're following aren't going to get off their f stupid, lazy, fat asses and go search it. Go do the due diligence. Go look it up. Go Google it for crying out loud. It's right there in front of your fat ass faces and they won't do it. And you know what? It's even if they were to look at those reports, I can't believe that they would acquiesce to being wrong. You know, they would come up with some excuse. Like, well, this, of course, of course, the FBI came up with these numbers. It makes the makes the the white supremacist look better. This this whole narrative of white supremacy, of 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 there being this incredible cultural divergence between whites and blacks in this country. You know, and, and I've said this before. I grew up in the 60s and the 70s. The, the big thing here was was the, the peace movement, the civil rights movement. Martin Luther King was was the icon. And he preached, don't look at the color of my skin. Judge me about my actions and, and, and my character. And there there was a two generations brought up on that right up until Barack Obama got into office. Boy, isn't that the truth? And he just took it right back to where it started from. You know, it, it's as if it wasn't going the direction that radicals wanted it to go. So they hit this reset button to make sure that they could they could move the narrative into the direction that they wanted, that dating back to before the, the framers were even born, that the United States was inherently racist. Now that's yeah, that's that's the basis for the 1619 project was that it came with with the first slaves to hit the shores. Well, I've got an it, not only has the New York Times walked that back, and and our but our education system is kind of delinquent in walking it back. They're still moving forward with it, which is just stunning to me. Um, but you know, if you're going to say that it all started in 1619 with the first slave that came to the shores here then you necessarily have to point the finger at the African tribes who captured their 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 comrades of the continent, the Spanish and the English and the French slave traders. You have to go down into the, the Caribbean islands with the people who own slaves down there. You know, they're trying to say that something that happened, you know, 1619 to 1776, that's quite a long, there's a quite, quite a big time between those two numbers. You know, to say that, yeah, that's the country was just founded on that, and that's it. And we have an intrinsic uh, original sin guilt of of slavery and racism built into our our white colonial system here, and and the United States is is a horrible place because of it. Two hundred and seventy some years later, I call bullshit. I call. Show me the video. <laughs> Can we find? How do you how do you get video from the sixteen night? It's all in, get some uh, of those fat dumpy, stupid, white millennials down in their parents' basement on the internet all day long. I'm sure they could whip something up. Yeah, they probably could, but it's not going to come to uh, not going to come to the advantage of truth, you know. And 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 here's another thing, and this is not a it may be a popular sentiment, but it's not one that people are freely willing to vocalize. So I, I, I just I've, I've had enough. And I said this on Matt's show over on Salem. And, and I've, I've said it here last week when I talked to a friend of mine, Rocky Warren, who was an old um, use of force instructor for for um, police departments. It seems today not only is our society getting more violent. I mean, you, you all you have to do is go onto YouTube and and uh, search out uh, Chicago Basketball League fight. 
and you'll see montages of of organized sports in schools, high schools, where if the referee makes the wrong call, people come off the bench and just start beating the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's it's unbelievable. And the coach said, "Well, he shouldn't have made that egregious call." That's that's bullshit. Well, kinda. You know, that's bullshit. We, we, our society is getting more violent every time somebody doesn't get the decision they want on whatever the issue is. And I'm seeing this coming more and more and more prevalent in the black community. And when we look at the deaths of black people, especially in places like Chicago and L.A. and New York, 85% of the people who commit acts of violence against black people are other black people. So if you want to talk about a systemic problem, let's talk about the systemic problem of of the tolerance of violence in the black community. When am I going to hear a black leader come out and say we've got to stop that? Well, I I'm just I'm just appalled that nobody has just called out the Chicago mayor. Gordon. I mean, the the violence just Gordon keeps Light. getting worse and worse Gordon. and worse. Gordon Lightfoot, what's her name? Uh Gordonette Lightfoot? Gordonette Lightfoot Beetlejuice. Yeah, something like that. I, yeah. I don't know, but yeah, this, this is a this is a problem that this, that Obama didn't even want to fix. Oh no, I know. Yeah, you know, uh, what two thousand over two thousand deaths last year in Chicago, black oh, on black. They're up to nine hundred over nine hundred shootings this year already. Man. I mean, this is unbelievable. Now, I, you know, you're from St. Louis. I'm from outside of Chicago originally. I had to move to the opposite end of the country to get away from it. Um, I went home to, to visit, and I took my girlfriend with me, and I wanted her to see downtown. I wanted her to see Michigan Avenue. I wanted to see the museums. I wanted to take her to see the symphony, maybe a ball game. You know, wanted her to see the restaurants downtown. And I ran into a friend of mine who owns restaurants in the city, and he said, Frank, don't go down there. He goes, you're taking your life in your hands. He goes, they're carjacking people in broad daylight in front of the Art Institute on Michigan Avenue. He goes, I've got got five restaurants down there, and I don't even go into the city anymore. I don't want to. You know, before COVID hit, I mean, that for for people who live in St. Louis, it's nothing for them to say, hey, you know what? Let's let's go to Chicago for the weekend. Hop in the car, hop on the train, whatever. Take a quick Southwest, you know hop up there and down. I mean, you can't even get a drink served. You know, you're, you're there so fast. And, and post COVID, I don't hear that from anybody. Nobody wants to go to Chicago because they're afraid. What's that tell you? Well, it it, it tells me that a leadership has failed, you know, and, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to lay it at the feet. There's a lot of people on the right side of the aisle. there go, well, it's been a democratic leadership for over 60 years. Yeah, yeah. that's the truth. But when Richard J. Daly, when he was in office, you did not see this at all. No kidding. When when Jane Byrne was in there, you did not see this. When Richard M. Daly was in there, you did not see this. It started with Rahm Emanuel, and it's gotten progressively worse every single time. So I'm going to go out on well, a, a very solid ledge, actually, and say that the Democrats who ran Chicago, starting with Richard J., did a great job of making making the city the city that worked. It was it was a, a cultural city, a world class city. It's when the progressives came into power. That's when it turned to shit. 
well, I think you can use that phrase for pretty much any large city, any of the largest cities in the country right now. You look at you look at the progressives who who have managed to to take over the power of running those cities and look at what's happened to them. They're just they're just tanked. New York, L.A., San Francisco has a D.A. who doesn't doesn't even want to prosecute domestic abuse cases. I mean, and that's that's arguably probably behind Paris. And I've never been to Paris uh, or Prague or some of those cities, the European cities. But arguably, San Francisco is the most beautiful city, at least in the in the in North America, United States. And look what it is now. It is just a asshole. If if you want to sit out on a cafe on the street cafe in San Francisco, be prepared to have somebody who's homeless come up and take a dump in front of you. Yeah, because they and, and I'm not that's I'm not being I extreme know, here. I know that's, you're not kidding. Yeah, this yeah, is totally this, this is this is real. You you could be spending you could be having a 150 or 200 dollar lunch at one of the toniest places in San Francisco. Sitting outside in a, on, a, on a cafe overlooking the hills, going into the bay, and the police will not stop a homeless person from dropping his pants and taking a dump while you're eating your lunch. Yep. And, yep. and, and for what reason? Well, we don't want to ruin the homeless man's self-esteem. Dude, he's homeless. Gives a new meaning to little deuce coop. Little deuce coop, yes. You know, so th- this – Getting back to the black community thing, because I'm I'm not going to let up on that. I know people are going to call me a racist. If they want to call me a racist, go ahead. They called Lincoln a racist too, so I'm in good company. You know, but until the black community starts addressing the violence within itself, until they have a come to Jesus moment about the violence that happens between black people and inner cities every single day, the bloodbath on Chicago streets, in New York, in Los Angeles. Until they can expunge this ridiculous gangster rap culture that glorifies using women like sex objects, you know, glorifying killing cops, you know, this is a problem. When when you've got youth growing up in a culture where it's where you get kudos for killing a cop, or or you're a big man because you treated a woman like a slut, you know. I I I don't know what to say about a culture like that. It's it's not advanced. It's definitely not enlightened. You certainly don't hear a lot from the Shakedown Brothers, the Reverends Sharpton and and Jackson now, do you? No, and and they, you know, they'll say, when you bring up the violence in Chicago, they'll all say, "Oh, it's got to end. It's got to end." But somehow, in in some bizarre contorted way. They usually end up placing the blame at the foot of whoever happens to be in the Oval Office if they're Republican or Republicans in Congress because they don't give enough money to things. You know what? You're going to they're going to have to they're going to have to cut loose with a lot more money because the way the cops are leaving the ranks because of what Black Lives Matter is pushing with this defund the police. And and the and the new restrictions and how police officers can act in the field. Nobody's going into the profession. Absolutely not. Who would want to? You know, if you can't, if you can't, if you can't go to work and do your job, 
who, who wants to do something like that? And every time you want to do your job, no, you can't. I'm sorry. You can't do that. Yeah, oh. but this is the job description. Yeah, I know, but you can't do that. Hell, even, hell, even, and especially at a job where, where a good portion of the time you're getting shot at. Yeah, no kidding. You know, now you use your nine millimeter. I know they've got AK-47s and MAC-10s, but you just use your sidearm because we don't want to appear like we're being aggressive in these neighborhoods. Aggressive? They've got laws rockets in some of these neighborhoods. It's it's going to a gunfight with a knife. You know, so uh, this this black community thing, and I'm uh, taking a look at this uh, Makia Bryant issue. Oh, they're they're trying to figure out how to blame the cop in this. This guy, when you look at the, the the video, goes from his arrival until he puts her down. It's maybe what fifteen seconds. Yeah. This guy this guy looked at five moving parts on a lawn where violence is happening in every corner of his gaze, and he's quick enough to realize somebody's got a knife that's coming down to kill somebody and takes that person out. He assesses the scene and takes out somebody who was trying to kill somebody else. That was a fantastic job by that cop. That's what they're trained for, specifically for that. You know, that was, that was, he should get a medal. He should be, he should be rewarded. And we should be, we should be pointing out that this is how a policeman does his job when he's well-trained. He walked up on this, and, and I, I'm still astounded. I watched it like eight or nine times. I mean, this is this is some fantastic assessment work by by this guy. And and now Bryant's family's trying to figure out someone to sue. He's just filthy, stupid ass opportunists. You know, looking looking for a money grab, and they don't care if somebody gets hurt. They don't care. You just, know, I just look for the money. They're they're talking about well she's the one who called the cops in the first place I don't care Kidding. this this woman got up off the ground with a weapon and was in the throes of stabbing another human being who obviously looking from the from the angle of which the the, the strike was going to come from would have been a fatal blow you know so if the if this woman knows the cops are on the scene and she did why would she get up and try to kill somebody right in front of them, right in front of them doesn't yeah. make doesn't make any sense to somebody who has common sense no. or to somebody who respects law enforcement and the rule of law. And and now these parents want to try to figure out who to sue. I, you know, I get that we live in a in a litigious society. I get that. I, I, I get that that married with a victimhood mentality that the far left has just heaped on our society makes for lawsuits for everything. But when someone gets killed, when everyone around is watching this person trying to kill somebody else and you're trying to make the person who was trying to kill somebody a victim, that's upside down. It's, it's totally upside down. And, and the, I, I, I don't know how these people sleep at night trying to do these types of things where they're just, they're, they're, they're just blatant opportunists and they're always the victim. You know, well, I need I need compensation. You know, I need I need uh, I need money. You know, to to solve my problem and solve my worries and solve my issues. No, you don't. You need a slap in the face of common sense and get over yourself. You know, and we can we can lay a big chunk of that 
the 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 blame and i don't have a problem blaming when blaming is due we can we could lay a big chunk of that blame on the reverends and on, on the activists who have insisted that the black community has been victimized ever since they've landed on the shores of the united states and but it's time now for reparations all the way back to 1619 that's right. Even if even if your family and your lineage wasn't even here yet, and it doesn't matter that the Irish were were in servitude when they came over, and the Poles and the Italians and the Germans and 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 the Czechs and everybody else who came over here in the immigration waves, it's only the black people that were oppressed. It's it's a false narrative. It's a lie. It's a lie. You know, there there were white people who, of of Anglo-Saxon. Uh, lineage that were just as downtrodden during the days when there were robber barons as, as any black family, you know? So this idea that the only people who suffered throughout the history of the United States because of societal problems are the black people. That's, that's got to stop. And, and you have to lay some of the blame here on, on schools, not teaching accurate history as well, because (laughs) if we were teaching accurate us history, that didn't stop with the civil war. I mean, I can I going through junior high school and high school. We spent so much time on the founding, which is a good thing. I'm not complaining about that. Right. But maybe it should have been a class that went on all four years so you could get up to the present day. And we could have learned about Woodrow Wilson and we could have learned about Franklin Delano Roosevelt and LBJ and how they used government to infringe on our freedoms and our rights to create a never ending class of victimhood. That would demand compensation until the earth explodes. And you know, Frank, it's never enough. Once they get their way on this area or this subject, well, then they look for the next easy layup, easy target. Well, you know, it's just never enough. You know, now it's this issue or it's this meme that they create out of thin air. Well, now they need reparations for that, too. You know, we haven't been compensated enough. It's what never did, enough. What did the, the the BLM spokesman say about the Chauvin verdict? We we got the verdict that we wanted, but it can't stop here. We we must keep going with this injustice. We need to, we you know what injustice? The system just proved that it worked. Yeah, well if if the people that are following you whistle bridges had an, any inkling that you're spending and, and, and taking all this money out of all the, all the donations and everything to BLM and the BLM movement, if they had any inkling at all that you're spent, uh, slipping off the top and buying hmm. these houses like you are, I think, uh, you know, you may, you may uh, change your tune a little bit there. Well, see, and they're coming after you now for saying that BLM police are right around your block. Well, I, I tried to hit the mute button, and I'm going to try it again <laughs> until it goes by. So, you know, fill in the dead space. Yeah, you know, the, the thing here that that I just want to reiterate before we before we take our break is that we're listening to complaints that are based on a on a false narrative lie, and they've been repeated so much that entire generations believe it in in earnest. They, they truly believe it, and, and they haven't been exposed to accurate history or the truth. Our education system is jamming this critical race theory down everybody's throats, and then there are some people pushing back, which I'm very happy to see. But we can't keep taking a knee 
to the false narrative. People who understand history in an accurate way have to start standing up saying, you know what, I, I can't. I, I can't support Black Lives Matter movement when you're saying, no, only Black Lives Matter. No, all lives matter. And if if you are someone who's committing a crime, then you should be held accountable. There's no special rule for any minority in this country that says you get to act any way you want to without repercussions. Yeah, you know, speak, speaking of BLM, when, when I walk down the down the street, whatever, and I see these BLM yard signs, I want to go in, I want to rip it up, and I want to knock on the door, and I want to hand them the shredded pieces, and I want to say, do you know how badly you're being manipulated? Yeah. And I would love to get their answer. Yeah. They'll they, they look at you. Well, first of all, you're... No, first, I'm a racist. Yeah, white, and you're white supremacist. And because well, you don't have any hair, you're probably a neo-Nazi as well. Well, exactly. Yeah. You know, that's... It's the sun, dude. Yeah. Because we don't... They, they screamed about profiling so hard about 10 to 15 no, years ago. Yeah. You can't profile. You Profiling is horrible. You, you, we're going to make laws to keep people from profiling. But if you're white, you're a racist. And if you're white and you're male, you're a super racist. You're a white supremacist. And if you're white and male and you've got no hair, obviously you're a neo-Nazi. And that's not open for discussion. So I guess... Or if you're, if you're Chinese and trying to attend a large uh, uh, state slash federally funded higher uh, education school and a uh, school of higher education, I should say. And even, even the Chinese students are getting, uh, no, I'm sorry, you can't attend because you don't meet the criteria. What? And, 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 they're, and, and, they're, getting, and they're getting blamed for being white. Yeah. These are Asian students, and they're getting <laughs> so you're at, you're acting too white. You're you're co-opting whiteness. Yeah, whiteness. <laughs> whiteness. The you know, the only time I ever saw anything about whiteness was on like like a bleach bottle. It gets it's the best whiteness there is. You know, <laughs> viewing everything through the lens of race is debilitating. And and the people who are who live by it, who who live and breathe by seeing everything through the lens of skin color, I hate to break it to you, but that is the fundamental definition of racism. Yeah. You know, you're being a racist. If all you can do is judge people on the color of their skin and everyone is doing that to white people right now. Well, they are the true racists and they are evil racists. Yeah. I mean, they're seeking to divide and, and they are, they're achieving. Yeah. You know, it's, they're, they're the biggest hypocrites in the world. It's just amazing, amazing, amazing that you're right. 10 years ago when, you know, profiling was the big issue, cops pulling over, you know, a African-American black driver, whatever that is, Hispanic driver, you know, well, you can't do that. You know, that's, that's, that's profiling. That's, that's, that's racism. Profiling. You can't profile police. Police had to, we literally had to have a blind police force. Yeah. You know, you can't pull over anybody who's black. It doesn't matter that they're waving a gun and shooting out the window in a drive-by. If you're stopping them and they're black, you're a racist because you're profiling. And you're stereotyping by saying black people do drive-by shootings. Well, no, I'm just I'm looking at the police statistics here. Yeah. 
you know, we're, we're, we're this racism canard. And, and I, I like throwing that word in every now and then this yeah. racism. Canard, that a cruise line? I, I think it is. It is. But it's yeah. a joke, a joke, a joke, a sick joke cruise line. That's kind of weird. Um, you know, th- this racism canard is keeping us from having an honest conversation about the problems that are out there. And that's why I said I'm not going to let up on the black community. Well, again, it's a money grab, and they will lose their they were, or opportunity to get as much money as humanly possible if they lose that power. And they ain't about to let I'm, – I'm telling you, Frank, it's all about the money. Well, people have to learn there is no free lunch. There really isn't. And, and if all you do is take, 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 pretty soon that golden goose is dead. There are no eggs that come out anymore, and you're – pissed off because nothing is coming your way anymore and you don't know how to work for it. Exactly right. You know, so uh, black community, I'm sorry, man. I, and, and let me, I'll, let me say this as a final note. I've got, I, I, I played blues music as a professional musician with one of the best black blues players there ever was. You know, I've got great and dear friends who are black, but they do too. They don't see me as a white man. They see me as Frank. Yeah. You know, they don't they don't they don't see everything through the lens of color. We had a common language and music that had transcended all of that because that was on an intellectual level, not a a socially engineered level and engineered by by people who are agitators. So let's stop looking at the color of skin, let's start looking at people's actions. This way we can actually address the violence in our streets and we can make our community safer. And it's got to start with the black community. Sorry, guys, that's the way it goes. It's got to start with the community that's committing the most violence onto itself. Onto itself. Once we can, once we can have an honest talk about that without the race baiters involved, then we're on a highway to good. That'll stop lining the pockets of the reverends, and that sure can't happen. <laughs> and um, and I, I, you know what? I can't prove it, but I would imagine uh, Maxine Waters and oh. her ilk. I'm, I'm sure Charlie Wrangles not not too too far behind there. Couple others. Uh, you're listening to Underground USA. Uh, you can just find all the stuff we do over at undergroundusa.com. I'm Frank Salvato. He's Andy Limbaugh. We'll be right back after this. Did you know that Yopon is the only tea plant indigenous to the United States? Hi, I'm CJ the owner of Emerald Coast Tea Company. We have a line of Yopon teas and Yopon tea blends that will open your eyes to tea that is literally made in the USA. Check out our entire line of teas at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mama's tea. 